This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino. Hello and welcome to Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. I'm your host, Leanne Castellino. Each week, we peel back the layers on parenting hot topics through the lens of science, evidence, or the lived experience of our invited guests. On today's show, we're joined by an award-winning sports broadcaster. He spent more than 25 seasons as part of the broadcast team for the Toronto Raptors. Jack Armstrong is also a musician, a former college basketball coach, and a father of three adopted sons. He joins us today from his home in Lewiston, New York. Thank you so much for making the time. Leanne, my pleasure. Glad to be on with you. Jack, I'd like to start by asking you, had you always wanted to be a dad? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's no question about it. I I just, there was always something uh, as a young person that I looked at and uh, uh, felt like, uh, you know, it's kind of like a higher calling. It's like uh, the ultimate calling uh, that you could have. And uh, so to me, uh, yeah. No doubt. And, you know, my, my dad passed away when I was seven. Uh, so I didn't have a dad in my life for most of my life. Uh, my mom did an amazing job raising us, and she's my hero. And uh, I just even looking at the job that my mom did raising four boys by herself, uh, you know, you, you just have that much more respect for, for what a parent is and the impact a parent can make on a young person's life. So yeah, absolutely. When you think about your mom and how as a widow, she was able to raise four boys by herself, what stood out for you in terms of how all of that unfolded? I would say uh, incredible resiliency uh, because it's, it's, you know, my parents are immigrants to the United States from Ireland. And, uh, you know, to lose a husband at age 48 of a heart attack and to now, uh, my dad was 48 when he passed, and, and to have, now have to raise four boys by yourself. My mom was a cafeteria worker at a, you know, PS 238, a little public school in Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, obviously it's not easy raising four boys on, on, on a small salary. And uh, I just think that uh, she was a person with great, she is a person with great faith and uh, will and uh, love and spirit and determination uh, that, uh, you know, guided us uh, on that path in life and uh, was very instrumental uh, in terms of everything that I think my three brothers and I have in our lives. Um, I can't thank her enough. We can't thank her enough. She's, uh, as I mentioned earlier, our hero. I call my mother every single day. Uh, sometime between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And I always finish the conversation with the three most magical words you can say to someone, and that is, I love you. Um, She's 96 and lives on her own in New York, and she's doing great. And, uh, you know, we're her legacy. And, uh, you know, now uh, my children and my three brothers' children are her legacy. Uh, 14 grandchildren, now a great-grandchild. And, uh, so to me, you know, I'm just part of that uh, circle of life and part of that 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 uh, little little piece of the puzzle. And uh, she 
uh, just showed us the right way. And there were, you know, obviously growing up in Brooklyn, there were some challenging situations in a challenging place. And, you know, a lot of people I know went the wrong way. And uh, she wouldn't let us go the wrong way. She was our guiding light. So to me, um, you, you, you look back sometimes and you say, how did I get through that? And, uh, you know, you always come back to that same person. And uh, as much as you want to give yourself credit, uh, you always look back and you say, no, that was instilled in me. And I think that's the higher calling I'm talking about in terms of parenthood, that uh, you kind of leave a little bit of yourself within that next person that you you have an impact on. And not, not just as a parent, you know, as a coach and as a, a mentor and a, a colleague, whatever, a friend. Uh, we all leave a little something of ourselves with each other. Now, speaking of being a guiding light, you became a coach at a young age and coached at a high level before you became a parent yourself. Was being a father figure part of how you saw yourself as a coach? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think that uh, it would be disgraceful uh, if you didn't uh, see that as a big part of, of your job. If you're just in it uh, for the uh, clear cut, hey, winning and losing, hey, this is a business, then players see through that. And I think that has an impact on the relationship. And when that relationship reaches a point, as it always does in, in coaching, where there's going to be disagreement and conflict and uh, trying to get back on the same page, if you haven't shown that you care about them, as a person, first and foremost, it's going to be hard to bridge that gap. And I've always been a big believer. You can go through life being a, a, a bridge builder, or you can go through life being a, a, a wall builder. And I'd rather build bridges than I'd rather build walls. So that's all part of it is that you show you care, how you're there for them, you have empathy and love and spirit and soul and and you're in there in the fight with them uh sometimes you're giving them tough love and telling them what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear but nonetheless you're there for them and you have their back uh because it's not transactional it's real it's love and it's uh it's passion and uh it's emotion and it's, it's something that uh it's a shared journey and just like it's a shared journey with your own children as a father it's that same journey with your players. And I used to always say as a college coach that these four years affect how you do the next 40. And uh, we're part of that. And the thing I'm most proud of is that every guy coached in my time at Fordham University and Niagara University has their college degree. And maybe I played a little small part in, in their development, not only as a student, but much, much more, and as a player, but much, much more importantly, uh, trying to help them on their journey as a young man uh, reach their goals and, and reach their potential. You are listening to Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. I'm Leanne Castellino in conversation with the color analyst for the Toronto Raptors, Jack Armstrong. He's been part of the Raptors broadcast team since 1998. He's also an NBA analyst for TSN. Now, Jack, what specific attributes of coaching that you covet do you believe translate directly to parenting? Well, I, I, you know, I've always been a big believer in the five P's. Proper planning prevents poor performance. Uh, 
I think if you if, uh, overwhelmingly, if you spend time with a coach, and my wife is a former Division One head coach herself, she was a women's soccer coach uh, at Niagara University and also women's basketball assistant. So she was a Division One coach in two sports. That's where we met. But I think uh, you know you got to have a plan. You know you got to be organized. You have to have because uh, particularly when you raise kids all within the same age group, it's absolute utter bedlam and chaos. And many times it could be a gong show because they're all going in 85 different directions and it's very stressful. And, you know, obviously I travel for a living. I give my wife so much credit. I mean, she's an amazing person with great spirit and uh, just, uh, just relentless in terms of, uh, you know, we, we got those kids uh, to what they needed to be at every day. And I don't know how it happened, but it happened. And uh, that's what parents do. And, uh, uh, but I think, uh, you know, there, there are the things that matter to the soul and that's the love and the care and the compassion and the empathy and the concern and the guidance and all those things that you bring, but you also have to bring structure and structure is important. Uh, uh, you know, that they understand, uh, you know, how we go about our daily schedule and having a plan and, and uh, let's not mistake uh, activity for achievement. We're not just running around with no purpose. And uh, so I think coaching helps that, that there's a, a mission statement, there's a, a game plan, uh, there's a uh, vision for what we want to get accomplished. We don't know what that's going to end up being. But I think just being able to give them some structure and stability, I think, is very important. I think in coaching, that's what you're trying to do every day. And I think in parenthood, uh, you know, there's something to that. Let's talk about the journey that you and your wife took to becoming parents. Had you ever thought about adoption in a deep and meaningful way prior to both of you looking at it as an option to have a family? We had friends that had um, adopted uh children um but we just always thought we were going to be fortunate enough to have our own children and unfortunately we couldn't and then when that took place um you know it's a very emotional experience and um nonetheless um it was like hey well let's do this then and i said to my wife Tina, i said i didn't marry you for your ability biologically to have children. I married you because I love you. Let's adopt. And uh, it's funny, uh, one of my uh, former colleagues, a guy named Ed Sands, who was an assistant at Fordham University with me from 1984 to 88. Uh, Ed then was coaching high school basketball and I was recruiting one of his players in New York City. And we were out to dinner um, and we just started chatting and he and his wife adopted a few uh, boys and so that's kind of how it happened. Uh, I connected my wife with his wife. They had a conversation and then the wheels just started rolling. So uh, and then they asked us, the adoption agency, well, uh, what kind of child would you like? And we were like, what are you talking about? We'll take what you got. You know, we'll take any child. I mean, whoever needs a home, uh, we'd be honored and blessed to have a child. So. Uh, they said, well, you know, we, we're having a difficult time right now placing uh, minority, uh, you know, African-American boys. Like, hey, we're in. Count us in. You know, we'll do it. We'd, we'd be honored and thrilled and blessed to 
to have a, a, a boy. And then one boy led to two, two boys led to three, and we had three in diapers at one time. So it's been an amazing journey and an absolute blessing. So, uh, you know, it's the best decision. Uh, my wife, you know, I would say the best two decisions I've made in my life were number one, asking my wife to marry me. And number two, my wife and I collectively as a partnership, uh, you know, deciding to adopt three boys. And it's the best decisions in my life. It's such a powerful story as you recount it. And we're talking about more than 20 years ago when you adopted your first son. I wonder, with the joy of welcoming this new family member, did you have any trepidation at all? Were you nervous about the fact that you were now going to welcome a baby from a different background to your new family? Well, you know, it's interesting that first child, I uh, just got married two weeks ago in California. So, uh, uh, you know, so one down, two to go in that category. And uh, so uh, they're tw now they're 27, 26, 25. And uh, uh, trepidation, I don't think so. I mean, at the time that we adopted, uh, I was a Division One men's basketball coach. My wife was a soccer coach. I mean, and and particularly in what I do, uh, there are a number of African American um, players that I coached and uh, coaches that work for me, uh, good friends. Uh, so uh, I felt like I was in the perfect environment uh, and to have a support system, and then going from coaching to working uh, in the NBA with the Raptors, where I'm in my 26th year. Uh, you know, again, there was that natural connection that they're going to be around some people that uh, look like them and uh, can be uh, also mentors and role models to them and help along that journey. But the thing I learned a long time ago growing up in Brooklyn and in my whole career as a uh, coach, whether it be grade school, high school, college, uh, my whole experience, people are people. Yeah, we, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and all that, but ultimately it's your soul that if I cut you and you cut me, we both bleed the same color uh, and, and we're people. And it's ultimately about the love and the compassion and the care and your soul uh, and being able to get past all that other stuff. And to me, uh, that's what it's all about. So, you know, you always have moments where you, you're, uh, you, you know, you, you say to yourself, can I can I bridge that gap sometimes? And, other, you know, there are times where you say, I need a little bit of advice. And I would reach out to folks that maybe have walked in those shoes uh, to help me through some of those things. And uh, it's been very helpful. More ahead with our guest, award-winning broadcaster, Jack Armstrong, color analyst with the Toronto Raptors and father of three boys. When we come back, raising kids in an increasingly racialized world. Where Parents Talk returns in a moment. Stay with us. Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino. Welcome back. We are talking about adoption and transracial parenting with our guest, Jack Armstrong, 
color analyst with the Toronto Raptors and father of three adopted sons. Now, Jack, you mentioned meeting people with adopted children in your circle, as well as being around various cultures and races as a basketball coach. Did those experiences then give you confidence to become a dad? I just think in your heart, you know, you're doing the right thing and and your faith uh, that you're doing the right thing and the support uh, my mom, uh, my wife's parents, uh, my wife's family, my family, our friends, everyone got behind us and were incredibly supportive. And uh, I, I just think that, it, uh, you know, our, our kids were just smothered with love and support and direction and foundation and um, structure uh, that, you know, anywhere they turned, there was somebody there for them and somebody with an embrace and a, a kind word and sometimes a very direct word when they needed it. Because when you're raising three boys, you, they need that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so uh, to me, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it was confidence. I just felt like, hey, in your heart, when you know you're doing the right thing, uh, the answers start coming on their own. You talk about the importance of a game plan and of structure. In your case, travel and being away from home have been staples of your career and work life for the entire time that you've been a parent. Can you give us a sense of what the Armstrong game plan looked like through all the different ages and stages of parenting your three boys? Well, the funny thing is we have a mudroom downstairs here in our house and there's a calendar in the mudroom. Right now, the calendar is empty, (laughs) sadly, (laughs) sadly, because all three boys are grown up and they're out of the house and they're all doing their own thing. And we're we're very proud of them. But that calendar on a weekly basis was completely filled. And, you know, people ask me sometimes, why don't you live in uh, Toronto? You work in Toronto. Why don't you live in Toronto? My wife's family's from here in Lewiston. And, uh, you know, you look at um, the fact that where I live, I mean, I can look out my window right behind me, and Canada's 400 yards from me. I live right across from Niagara Lake. I live right on the Niagara River. Um, So I'm kind of like an adopted Canadian. A lot of adoption going on. (laughs) And uh, But to have my wife's family around here, and it kind of a built-in support system for my kids, it just made complete sense to stay here and for me to commute in and out when I needed to. And it's worked out great for 26 years. I'm glad I'm glad we stayed here. And all my friends from Toronto, when they come and visit and they go, wow, you live right on the, on the Niagara River across from Niagara Lake. What a beautiful spot. And now it may all make sense of why you would stay where you are because your kids had that built-in support system. So. And I'm not saying it would, wouldn't have happened in Toronto. It just was easier at that point when you have three in diapers at one time uh, that, you know, you need that uh, uh, st- stability and that sureness that when I'm on a road trip for two weeks, uh, that my wife has the help that she needs. And, uh, you know, her family and friends. And we have a young lady that uh, uh, her, her mom was in our wedding party, one of my wife's dear friends and her daughter. Uh, ended up being kind of like our somewhat of our nanny that she would drop by the house every day at three o'clock. My wife was working and she picked them up at school and they'd sit around the kitchen table and they'd have grilled cheese or whatever and they'd do their homework and then 
my wife would get home from work around 4, 4.30, and then off we go to hockey and basketball and swimming and all these different activities every night. And uh, so it was just uh, mayhem. And then when I would have my off season, I was kind of like the proverbial Mr. Mom, where I'm taking the three boys everywhere. And, you know, I said to myself, how did I do it? How did my wife do it? When you have a, maybe a seven, six, and five-year-old at home, you get home at four, and now you're up at six because you got to be at the rink at 6.30 uh, to lace up their skates and put them on the ice. And then the, the, there's a full day ahead where, you know, they're going to three different sports and all that times three, you know? So you just, you think of the energy that you have and you have to have. But the thing I learned too is that at some point in time, you got to let go of who it, that it's about you and get to the realization that it's now about them. It's their time. I've had my time and I'm not giving up on myself. And my wife didn't give up on herself. And you need to have your time with your friends and your time together, more importantly, as a husband and wife to do your thing. But you got to put a lot into it. You got to dive headfirst into their lives because they're, they're, they're the ones that matter. And uh, we're adults now. And we got to help them get to that point. If you were to take a guess, any idea how your sons would describe you as dad? You know what? Honestly, I probably could, I couldn't answer that question because, you know, they would be the ones that have to describe it. I can tell you what I've tried to do as a dad. Uh, I, you know, and as we know, and as every parent knows, and as every coach knows, as every leader knows, uh, we succeed in some areas, we fail in others. But I always tried to. Uh, I, I tell my kids every single solitary chance I get, whether it be a spoken word, the written word, uh, through action, I always tell my kids I love them. Every time I'm in their presence, I hug them and always kiss them. And there's tough times, too, where you got to give them tough love and you got to set them straight and you got to say, no, this is unacceptable. And these are the standards and you're not meeting the standards and you I expect more of you and we're going to get there and I'm going to be there to help you get there. And there are going to be times you don't want to do it, but you're going to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, so I would say uh, I've tried to be uh, of the two of us. I think my wife is a, a very direct come at you straight. And, uh, you know, some, I, I think my boys all know her bark is a little bigger than her bite, but nonetheless, there's bite. And, uh, they, you know, they're on blast when they're around her. And yet uh, I could be very firm and direct as well. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm probably more of the conversational type. And, uh, you know, let's try to get to the core and the root of what the issue is. So uh, I've always tried to uh, be that mentor and that guide and uh, that helping hand. It's really cool to see how they navigate. Uh, the world now. Speaking of navigating the world, certainly in the last three years in particular, the whole issue of race and racialization are in the headlines basically every day since the death of George Floyd. How did you address this topic with your sons? Well, it was a very painful time uh, in everyone's life. And uh, uh, obviously, I think uh, for my sons, uh, the good part of it was that they were older and uh, they could absorb it a little bit better, uh, maybe if they were 10, 11, and 12, rather than in their early 20s, 
uh, it probably would have been even a little bit more difficult. Uh, but so that my point is, I think I could have a, a really adult, uh, direct conversation with them about what was going on and how disgraceful it was and how that the world has to change and the United States has to change and, and the history in terms of civil rights and race relations uh, needs to grow and improve not only significantly, but dramatically. So being able to have those conversations with your children and say, hey, uh, I support this and I support how you feel and uh, we're here for you. And uh, we've always been here for you and we're always going to be here for you. And uh, that um, this is wrong. You know, I, I think ultimately when you, I look at it for my wife and I, some people talk it, other people live it. And I feel like my wife and I have lived it. You know, we've lived, we lived the cause. And that is that uh, we love these three boys and I couldn't love a biological son or daughter any more than I love my three sons. And I think that's what kind of the whole core of everything is, is that why are you looking at someone based upon the color of their skin or their religious background or whatever the case may be? What does that have to do with anything? It should have nothing to do with anything. So to me, um, I think that's the lesson we've always tried to uh, instill is that, you know, it's about people. It's about who, you know, re respecting people. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think that goes back to, to my faith. Jack, what would you say strikes you most as you look out at the parenting landscape today? Well, I think the biggest challenge is, and there's so much pressure on parents today for you to raise uh, the perfect daughter or the perfect son. And that's never going to happen because we're all perfectly imperfect. I think sometimes we enable too much rather than empower. Uh, kids need to fail. Kids need to know it's okay to fail. Failure is part of the journey. What we need to do a better job of, and, and, and look, guilty is charged. Uh, I think I've, I've been guilty of enabling, and uh, I feel like I've been at my best when I've empowered. Um, you know, we have to teach them resiliency. We have to teach them uh, that you're going to fail, and that's okay. We're going to be here for you. And the most important thing is you got to get back up. Jack Armstrong, color analyst for the Toronto Raptors and father of three, Thank you so much for sharing your time and your lived experience with us today. Thank you so much. and uh, really, really appreciate it. And um, I would, uh, you know, for any parent, uh, any person out there, I would strongly encourage uh, adoption. I think it's a wonderful thing. And uh, there are so many children out there right now that need someplace and need loving parents. Uh, so I absolutely advocate for it. And um, I hope, uh, our story in some way, shape, or form maybe resonates with somebody and, and gets them to reflect on on maybe that decision in their life. So uh, I know I know I don't regret it, and I know my wife doesn't regret it. And uh, it's, again, as I've said many times, it's been a blessing. People say to you all the time, what a great thing you did 
uh, for these three kids. And I and I always say, great thing I did. Are you kidding me? You got you got it completely wrong. It's it's in the reverse. Uh, they've made our life complete. They've made our life whole. They've made our life. They've made our family. So uh, no, the the blessing's been in reverse towards my wife and I. A wonderful story, and we appreciate you sharing it with us. Thank you, Leanne. Be sure to watch the full video version of our interview with Jack Armstrong at whereparentstalk.com. That is our show for now. I'm Leanne Castellino. Thanks for listening. Happy parenting. Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.